into the Word today. Uh, it is my pleasure to welcome you here to the Harbor Worship Center. I want you to do me a real quick hand, uh, favor. I know some of you got money in your hand and you're giving an offer, but I want you to take your hands and clap for our volunteers. Amen. Uh, our volunteers make this make Sunday possible every week, and uh, I'm just glad to be here speaking to you today. I want to go ahead and get started. We're, we're right now in week six of the GOAT series. Listen, I haven't been preaching long enough to have a great sermon, so you're just getting a sermon. So, uh, uh, Pastor, he's got a long enough tenure. He's got great sermons, but he's going to come back next week and cap out our GOAT series. So uh, you want to make sure you're here for the finale for that. If you're a new guest with us today, my name is Josh Cribbs. I'm the executive pastor. Please do not hold us uh, accountable for what you're going to hear today. Come back next week and hear our senior pastor. Amen. Uh, but today I want to I want, I just jump into the word. And, and, and today I want to preach a message entitled, The Struggle is Real. The Struggle is Real is real. Amen. How many of y'all in here can, can attest that the struggle is real? I know uh, Webster would define the struggle as to proceed with difficulty or with great effort. I want to highlight great effort. Uh, one of the things, I don't know about you, and I'm not going to spend a lot of time here, but uh, I do want to set the scene here. How many of you, you believe you got this superpower called Walking in the dark. You, you know what I'm talking about. Like, you go to the Flash Foods gas station and you get the 44-ounce uh, Diet Coke because you're healthy and you're going to drink Diet, not uh, Mountain Dew or anything. And then so you drink this at about 9, 30, 10 o'clock, and then some of you are getting a little older in life, and, you know, the bladder doesn't hold what great like it used to. And at about 3 o'clock in the morning, you feel the need. And most of you, you feel like you've got this superpower that you can make it walking in the dark. And it's like this. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I shall fear no evil. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. How many of y'all know you walking through there and you, you just glory, glory? But how about that kid? How many of y'all got any kids in here that leaves toys in the place? I'm going to tell you right now, you'll find out how true your salvation is when you step on that Lego. When you don't see it, and you, you start telling the devil, get thee behind me. <laughs> the struggle is real, and in our life, if we're not careful, we'll, we'll embark and sometimes never turn on the light switch thinking we can make it. But maybe, maybe that's not you. Maybe you have this, uh, this problem. How many of y'all ever played hide-and-go-seek when you were a kid? Any of y'all were really good at hide-and-go-seek? Any of y'all, like, you fell asleep in your place where you was hide-and-go-seek? Listen, I'm going to tell you the champion of hide-and-go-seek. Y'all ready for this? The remote. The remote. Like, every time I go to sit down at the house, you know, I'm going to watch TV. I ain't going to watch Arkansas football because there ain't no need in it. Get your blood pressure up, and you're going to lose anyway, so you're just going about life. But I go to sit down, and, and where I know I left the remote last time, it's not there anymore. And some of you in here, you might be a little older than me, and you said, no, we never lost the remote. Daddy never lost me. <laughs> I was the remote, and he knew where I was at every time the channel needed to be changed. <clears throat> 
But, you know, Jesus has a great way of providing, when you're preaching the gospel, providing you with content to preach. Amen? Amen. So last night, oh, our Harvard Leadership Academy, I want y'all to do, y'all give our Leadership Academy a big hand. We got like 24 uh, wonderful leaders in there. And so this week we did a team building activity. Uh, we were supposed to do a team building activity uh, at the Great Escape Room, and we were supposed to use communication. Well, let me just tell you, the struggle is really real because we have a worship pastor that uh, me and him go back a long ways. And, you know, I thought we were better friends than this until we got to the escape room last night. And Adam and his worship and arts team had went to the escape room before. So I thought to, my, I thought to myself, he's got six people that's been down here before. He'll break it up. Two in one room, two in another room, two in another room. No, no, no. Listen to this. He puts all six of his people and three more in a room. Oh, and then they're going to walk out here. Oh, we won. We got out. Let me just tell you why the struggle was real for me. Because he sent me in there with six of us. All right, Miss Kathleen? Yes. Six of us. None of us had ever been in there. None. And then he's going to talk about, you didn't get out? <laughs> I was about to lay hands on him and pray for him later, but... uh. No, all in serious, I, that, that, that escape room, man, it had my anxiety at very high levels. Uh, so, but I would challenge you, if you want to do something fun with your family, go down there. But you know, the truth is, there, in our life, all these things are funny, but there's a truth that I want to talk to you about today, and it's the struggle that goes on in our life. And many of these things may be trivial, but, but my question is, what is preventing us from being where we're at to where we want to be? What is stopping us? We're here in our struggle, in our problem, in our issue, and over there is where we know we need to be. But what is stopping us? What's stopping us from being a great parent? What, what, what's preventing us from, from being a good follower of Christ? What's preventing us from doing what God's called us to do in ministry? What's, what is stopping us from this place in our lives that we know that God has amazing plans for you? If you know God's got amazing plans for you, I want you to raise your hand. All of us, we know. But the truth is, and don't raise your hands on this, but how many of you would say, I don't really feel those plans in my life? And if we're honest, there's many of us in here because of the struggles that we have in life that we have found ourselves in a place here, and the struggle is real because we know we need to be here. And as we begin to speak today, I think things would, as things are entering your mind right now, doubt. I know what Pastor Josh is preaching, but I don't believe it relates to me. What, what about, he, he's telling you, you know, you'll never do anything great because you'll never, you'll never get over that fear. Can I tell you this? Like, everybody thinks that you can just, you just get up here on stage and, and everything goes away. Can I tell you, I was sitting over there where Pastor Adam was at, and I was literally had butterflies in my stomach because this never gets easy. And don't ever let anybody tell you that something they look like they're great at is easy, and when it gets easy, then I'll do it because you'll never do it. But today, I want to I paint a vivid picture for you of a man that, understood the struggle 
understood the reality of the struggle. So if you have your Bible, I would love for you to turn to Mark chapter 10, verse 46 through 52. How many of you ever read the Bible and you read it, but you went back and you read it again, and then God just like, he just like painted the picture? Well, that's what happened this week. So let's, let's, let's pick up at verse 46. It says, when they came to Jericho, as Jesus and his disciples, together with a large crowd, were leaving the city, a blind man, Bartimaeus, which means son of Timaeus, was sitting by the roadside begging. I want you to, want you to take note of 47 because we're going to preach on that for a minute. And when he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to shout, son of Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Verse 48, many rebuked him and told him to be quiet. Just shut up. But he shouted all the more, Son of David, have mercy on me. Now, verse 49, I've never seen this, and I'm going to preach on this too. Jesus stopped and said, call him. We'll come back to that. Highlight it if you, if you got your highlighter. So they called to the blind man, cheer up, up on your feet, he's calling you. Throwing aside his cloak, he jumped to his feet and came to Jesus. What do you want? me to do for you, Jesus asked him. The blind man said, Rabbi, I want to see. Verse 52, go, said Jesus, your faith has healed you. And immediately he received his sight and followed Jesus along the road. Today, I, if you really, today, I, I want to paint you this vivid picture, but I want you to understand something that, that, that about this story that I didn't really realize until this week. I want you to understand that there's many stories in the Bible where Jesus healed people. There's the, there's the man with the withered hand, but no name. There's the man lowered through the roof, but no name. There's the woman with the issue of blood, but no name. So why did we say Bartimaeus? Brother Troy, why did he get a name? Because this right here is where I'm going to frame my whole sermon. Because, the, because Bartimaeus means son of honor. The struggle is this. My name means I have honor, but I'm on the roadside begging. I'm on the roadside and nobody really cares. I'm on the roadside and people are walking past me every day. Because this is the struggle that even in our own lives, we know what the pastor says. We know what our mama tells us. We know our daddy loved us. We know all these things. But the truth is we are sitting right in the middle of our struggle, understanding my name means this, but I'm currently right here. So this is the struggle, my friend. Today, as we look at the story of blind Bartimaeus, I want to share with you three steps that will move you from where you are to where God wants you to be. Y'all ready for this? I'm going to have to do double time. First, if you're taking notes, focus on what you have and not what you lost. If you're going to if you're going to move from where you're at to where you got to be, you're going to have to focus on what you still have and not what you lost. Let's paint a picture real quick. Blind Bartimaeus sitting on the roadside. What's that? What's that? Joe, what's that? I don't know. I'm blind as you. <laughs> Bob, I know you got eyes. What's going on? I think it's Jesus. 
Jesus. Blind Bartimaeus, Jesus. The Savior, the Messiah, the, the Son of David, the one that's been doing all these miracles. He's here. He's here. I want you to understand this. Even though he did not have his sight, he still had his ears. Amen. He still had the ears to hear. And I, can I tell you this? I want you to get this. Satan will, will always, the enemy will always remind you of what you lost and never what you have left. Amen? He will always remind you of what's always went away, but he'll never remind you of what you have left. And I can just see this right now. The poor old blind Bartimaeus sitting there on the side, road, on the side of the road that day. Jesus is coming by. He begins to think, who is this? I can, I can hear. I can hear who this is. And the enemy begins to whisper in his ear, just stay seated. You can't see. He don't want to mess with you. You're still a nobody. Nobody really cares about you. Just stay where you're at. But I believe, I believe in that moment, blind Bartimaeus began to say, you know what? I might not have eyes, but I do have ears. And I hear there's hope. And I hear there's love. And I hear there's a Jesus, a Savior coming my way. Listen, this about threw me out. I, I about ran. You know, if you ever, there's a, if there's a camera on the hallway down there, they'd have probably caught me running at this moment. Because this is the part that I love. If you flip over to the Old Testament, Jesus shows this. 2 Kings chapter 4, verse 2. Elisha meets a woman, and uh, she says, I'm in, a, I'm in a mess. My, my husband's died. I don't have no money. The debtors are coming to take my son. And then Elisha picks up right here at verse 2. Elisha says, I wonder how I can be of help. Tell me, what do you have in your house? This is what the enemy says. Nothing. But the Lord says, well, I do have a little oil. Listen, I want to tell you, the enemy will tell you you have nothing. The enemy will walk you in here and tell you your marriage is done. The enemy will walk you in here and tell you your finances are done. The enemy will walk you in here and tell you you have nothing in the house. But I've come to tell you that the Spirit of the Lord says, you still and that little bit is me. You still have a little bit. But can I tell you the rest of that story? He said, go and get as many jars as you can. And if I had a door up here, I'd show you. He said, go in the house and shut the door. Because some of you, even though you have ears, you're listening to all the wrong people. <laughs> Jesus, Jesus. So not only did he have ears, but he had a voice. A voice. Son of David! Have mercy on me. Shut up. You, you, you're making a fool of yourself. Listen, I read the Bible a little different than some of y'all. <laughs> y'all read the Bible. Will you please be quiet, Bartimaeus? <laughs> Shut up. You, listen, you're already blind. You, don't act a fool. Don't, don't, don't do don't, Listen, can I tell you there is a power in your praise, and there's a power in your shout. Because can I tell you what it said? It said that Jesus stopped. Because when he hears prayer, and when he hears praise, and when he hears a need, he'll begin to turn it around. And I don't care what you're going through. Some of you come into church, and I'm not that kind of person to shout. I'm not that kind of person to run. You know what? I don't care, but you know what you can do is you can stand up and say, Jesus Christ, I need you more than I've ever needed you before. 
The Bible tells us out of 18, Proverbs 18, 21, the tongue has the power of life and death, and those who love it will eat its fruit. Listen, I told you I'd go back to this part because this is good. There is power in your tongue. But listen, I read the Bible, and I always thought that Jesus called blind Bartimaeus. Can you show uh, verse 40, uh, 49? Yeah. Yeah, verse 49. It says, cheer up, or it says right here, Jesus stopped and said, call him. Jesus didn't call him. Jesus did not call blind Bartimaeus. What he did was, for every one of y'all told him to shut up and to sit down and not move, I want you to go back and I want you to tell him to get up. I want you to tell him to get up. And I, this is what the Spirit of the Lord told me this week. And my mom can tell you because I ran down the hallway and told her. I said, if you will not let the people tell you to shut up, they'll have to turn around and tell you to get up. <laughs> Amen. They'll have to turn around. The people that said they, your, your kids wouldn't come home. The people said just walk out and divorce is okay. The people that said that, you know what, why are you going to that crazy church anyway? There's, then people be hollering and shouting and all that stuff. Listen, they're going to have to turn back around and say, you know what, hey, I was wrong. I was wrong. So I don't care what you're going through. Don't let anybody tell you to shut up because listen to this. Don't let people that don't know your struggle tell you to shut up. They don't know what you go home to every day. They don't know how many times you put in for a promotion and been denied. They don't, tell, they don't know how many times that you really thought that this would be the time that your child comes back and they come so close. Listen, they don't know that. So don't let them to tell you to shut up. So if you know what, if you need to get up and praise and you need to get up and shout and you need to run around and you need to, if every day you need to post something or you need to send your kid a message, don't stop. Adam, I got to get you to come, buddy. Whew, I'm only in point one. Y'all might have to come back to the first, second service for part two. Remember, remember your deliverance is in your determination. He just kept shouting. They said, shut up, and he shouted all the more. Shut up, and he shouted all the more. Because you got to remember this. It's not what you have lost. It's still what you've got left. And what you've got left is so much more than whatever you've lost. Amen? But the second, second thing here today, if you're going to next step, you're gonna have to, you, you don't have to carry the coat. You see, in that time, in that society, they didn't have a welfare system, and they didn't have all these things. But what they did do, they'd give you a code if you had a, a, a disability. You see, the word the Lord gave me today, it gave validity to the problem. You know what? There's many people in here, you, you can validate your struggle. Pastor Josh, you don't know what he did to me. He was, he was supposed to be my family member and he was supposed to love me. I understand. I didn't say it would be easy, but I know this. Blind Martimaeus had a coat. He had a coat, and that coat had become his comfort. Oops. Picked the wrong coat. It's an Arkansas coat. I figured it didn't work anyways. 
Blind Bartimaeus had a coat. It was his comfort. They gave him a coat and a cup. And he went around wearing that coat because it gave validation to his struggle. You know what today? In our society, we're giving coats too. But in this society, our coats label and enable. They allow us to walk around and be mad at the world. They allow us to stay in a place of comfort, even though we know we should be going somewhere. They allow us to be in a place that we know we don't want to be, but we just know we can't get there. But it said, when he called, he threw off the coat. He threw it off. Because today, before you're ever going to get to the place you want to be, you're going to have to get rid of the struggle and the identity that you've been called by. I don't care what you're going through. Maybe, maybe it's guilt. Maybe you made some bad decisions along the way, and he's told you to always be that way. Get rid of it. Maybe it's poverty. Listen, stop speaking death over your life and get up and get out. I'm about to preach to somebody. Y'all didn't think this would make the list, but it's this. It's comfort. This right here has put more people on a church pew doing nothing because he said, you know what? It's okay. It's okay to do nothing, Brother Troy. It's okay. Get out of the coat. And then this last one, this, oh. You better do something about it or the little kids will be wearing it. This is my parents' struggle. This is the thing they should have let go of. But you know what, honey? You know what, honey? You didn't take care of it, so you know what? She goes walking in school not understanding the love of a father because you never dealt with it. Ah, oh, man. I'm, listen. I got to close. Don't carry your coat. The struggle, your struggle is not your identity. Your identity is through Jesus Christ and him alone. The last and final thing here is tell him what you need as you stand at your feet tonight or today. Tell him what you need. Listen, this didn't even make sense to me, and I asked Jesus why I even had to put it down as a point until he revealed it to me. I ain't saying Jesus was dumb. I never say that. But listen, listen, listen to what it says. It says, the blind man said to him, or Jesus answered and said, uh, right here, throw aside his coat, and he ran to Jesus. So Jesus answered him and said, what do you want from me? A Big Mac with cheese? No. Jesus knew. He knew he was blind. His coat identified him the way where he was at, begging, identified him. So why did Jesus ask him, what do you need? Because sometimes he just wants to hear us say, I need you. I need you more than, I need you. 
Listen, I, I know the truth is this. We run and we take our problems to all the people that can't fix them. We take them to our friends and they can't fix them. We, we take them to our spouses sometimes and they can't fix them. We take them to, we take them to Facebook and my gosh, that place sure can't fix it. But when we come and we understand that he just wants to know what you need. So today, I felt the Holy Spirit here very strong. And I know you may not be blind, but I know you got a struggle in your life. And blind Bartimaeus went from where he was at to where he needed to be because he understood, I might not have sight, but I still have ears. I know that this coat is my comfort, but it's not me. And the last thing was he told Jesus Christ what he needed. With heads bowed and eyes closed tonight, this morning I want to, I want to tell you this. Blind Bartimaeus left his jacket before he ever got to Jesus. And you know what? In just a second, I'm going to ask some of you to step out of your seat because I really felt the Holy Spirit here today. And you're going to have to leave some things in your seat because when you get here, he wants to deal with you and he wants to deal with the problem. He don't want to deal with your identity. He don't want to deal with all that. He wants to deal with you. So if you're here today, you say, Pastor Josh, I know. I know there's some struggles in my life, some things in my life that I really made my identity. I didn't mean to. I didn't want to. But you know what? I walk around with my coat every day. So today, my question to you is this. Are you tired of the struggle? If you are, you still got hope here today. He's here. All you got to do is leave that coat where it's at, and you got to come down here and just let him know what you need. If you're here today, as I count to three, I'm going to ask you to step out of your seat and move this way. One, two, three. It's really simple. Do you really want to get over the struggle? If so, I want you to step out of your seat and start moving this way. There is power here today, my friends. I'm going to ask some of our leaders just begin to get in behind some of these people. Listen, don't worry about what they say. They don't know your struggle. They don't know what you've been through. They don't know what you're facing. But today, today's a day. It all changed. Adam, 